Caution. Learning in progress. Welcome back to Smarter Every Season. My name is Tyler Hewitt, and I'm joined, as I have been for the last couple weeks, by Hans Stutzman. Good morning, Tyler. How are you? I'm good. It is morning here, but thank you for listening uh, wherever or however you're listening, whatever time of day. As we've been doing for the last couple weeks, Hans and I have been getting together here as we go into spring, and I guess I want to say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, because it doesn't quite feel like spring just yet. No, it's just a little bit cold yet. And a little bit wet. A little bit wet. Yeah. Which I guess it counts for early spring. It's yeah. not. It doesn't feel like the 20th of April. I guess the wet part does feel kind of yeah. like spring. Yeah. yeah. Some places have planters rolling, and so... And we, some places have snow. And some places have <laughs> snow. Yeah, it's true. Um, nice little layer of insulation. Yep. So... We do have some bullet points that we want to dive along, not dive into, uh, not not quite as many bullet points as we've had the last couple of weeks. But what we're doing in this podcast is passing on some of the things that are, are generating phone calls um, to us and to our dealers, um, things that we want guys to keep an eye out for, ways to prevent problems before they become a problem, ways to solve different problems, but just passing along little nuggets that we've gotten um kind of talking to dealers over the phone. So we'll do that. Not as many bullet points today, but we're going to dive deeper into the bullet points that we have. Hans, I want to pick up talking about Gen 3 and V-Apply setup. That's a very general term. What we're specifically getting into is V-Apply setup of the base controller or the base module. We've kind of used those interchangeably. I think in the monitor, it's the rate controller. Yep. Okay. But with... V-Apply HD. So whether you have HD in sections, row by row, with EM flow sense, this should apply to you. But there's a specific setting in that rate controller or, or base module setup that I want to talk through to make sure that we kind of all understand it. Yeah, it's it it's one of the I think it kind of gets guys caught a little bit. There's a there's a PWM control style or a duty control style um, in that setup. So when this is in your when you go to systems and you select the rate controller, when you assign you've already assigned it to the rows. The second piece of that there is a list of settings on the right-hand side. Um, and that pump control style, there's three options, a pump cow, pump cow with hold, and a constant PWM. Um, so kind of the, the, there's three things. One, your pump cow, when you set that up to select pump cow, what it's going to do is go off of what your your calibration when your pump is, so your minimum rate uh, that you assign to it, that's going to go down and destruct to the minimum RPM that allows that pump to run at when you lift the planter on the headlands and turn around. So if you're not applying, you have the planter lifted, that pump's still running, but what what is it running at? It's going to run at the minimum PWM that you set there. And I think that's important. The Basically, the four things we're looking at is what's right below this pump control style Yep, is min and max rate, min and max PWM. Correct. And I, it's min and max pump cow. Yes. Duty cycle, I think, yes. specifically. Yep. But those are the things we're looking at, right? When, Like you said, when you lift on the headlands, we're going to or going to continue to stroke the pump at the minimum of what that pump system is. cow PWM. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so that's what it is. Basically, that's the holding PWM per, uh, or duty cycle. That's the holding. That's what it's going to run at. The pump cow with hold allows you to specify what you want that number to be at when you're not controlling anything. So you can specify it lower than your minimum than that pump cow min or, num, or you can specify it higher than that. Some guys want to specify a higher so they can hold a pressure when they turn around. They want that system to be at a high pressure when they set the planter down and take off. Um, someone that's too high of a pressure, they want it to run on a lower pressure. So there's a pump cow hold option 
that you allows you to specify what that pump runs at when you're not applying product. Yeah. And to do that, you would select that withhold, and then yep. the box right above this pump control style or PWM control style box is labeled duty cycle control set point. Yeah, that's, that's where you tell us what percentage you want us to go to when the planner is lifted. Yep. And that set point box is only useful when you is only used when you have a the set to pump style or PWM control style withhold or constant PWM. Yes, which or is constant what we're about PWM. To talk yep. About. So the next one then is the constant PWM where you sell it, tell it, I don't care what product I'm applying, I don't care whether the planner is lowered or what the speed is, I want to run at this percent duty cycle, and then you, I want to run at a set duty cycle. The next piece then is just use that set point to tell what is that set point. Guys using that are the guys that say, I'm only going to do X rate at X speed through all my fields. Yep, and they got enough range on their bypass to handle whatever it is. They don't really, all they need is the pump to shut on and off when they command it to, yep. and they just need it to run on one static pressure. Yep, yep. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Okay. So, and just to clarify again, this is, these two, these settings are settings that you would use when you are running a V-Apply HD system only. So you've got to have an HD on the, on the rows that are actually controlling the rate. This is just to control the pump. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the, those three, th those four boxes you listed below there was the pump cow min and the rate and the pump cow max and the rate. Uh, those four boxes that are beneath all this, um, there is a great document on the cloud, Gen 3 Pump Calibration Procedure. Um, I would have that document in every cab that has <laughs> HD. Like I, To me, it doesn't matter. If you have HD, that document's in the cab. Yeah. Um, whether you're just pulling it out for the first time this year or whether you've, you've had it uh, three years, um, if you've got a Gen 3 and you're running HDs, you need that document in your cab just to, to run through, to make sure you have a backup to know how to do the calibration and do, do some basic checks with it. So, Yeah. All yep. right. I'll get off my soapbox on HDs now. No. Uh, well, stay close to that soapbox because I'm, I'm going to pull that right into V-Apply Base because the, the uh, five or six settings we just talked about with HD – we don't care about those with V-Apply Base. Right. What we care about is is the top three, your your shaft speed, uh, your liquid ratio, and I think it's your basically your, your kind of PWM hertz. Yep. Although primarily that stays at 150. And then at the very bottom, there's a min and max duty cycle. Those are the maximum that you can run the pump at each time, no matter what. That's the no, We'll never go above that. We'll never go below that. So why is that important? Give me kind of a high level, Hans, of just if we're pump control only, how does it work? Why do I need to set those parameters? Yep. So those parameters are um, your liquid ratio is what allows us to know how many, what, you, what you're looking for is how many revolutions of the, or sorry, let me back up. What liquid product, how much product comes out for every revolution of the pump? And the way the V-Apply Base system works is it knows how many times to turn the pump to achieve em enough liquid to hit the rate that you want it to run through. So it doesn't look at a flow meter. All it's based off of is what the liquid ratio is, how many gallons or how many ounces do I get out of the pump, and it looks at, okay, how many times do I need to spin the motor to get that pump to spin that many times to get the actual rate that I need applied to the rows. So all it is based off, so that liquid ratio, that's vital, important, so we know what that is. The speed sensor encoder, we need to know how many times, how many pulses do we see on the motor to know how what's the what's equals the speed one rotation. Yep, yeah. equals one rotation. Yep, and then um, there is also a gear ratio in there as well. And that gear ratio, if it's not a one to one scenario, we need to know what the 
how many times do I need to spin the pump to get a one revolution out of the uh, out of the liquid pump itself? Thank you. I think I missed so, that one. Yep. Yeah. So those two things, though, but that's that's what we're looking at is the speed sensor information on the on the motor, the gear ratio between the two, the motor and the pump, and then the ounces per revolution or whatever it is that comes out of the pump itself. It'd be gallons, but yeah, gallons. most what, of the time you're going to catch in ounces and convert it to right. gallons. That's what we need. We need yep. gallons per. We minute. need gallons per minute. Is what we need out of it, whatever that comes out as. Yeah. Um, but that's the the V apply base is all based off of the speed sensor gear ratio and the liquid ratio that you input it. So basically, what we're doing then is once we know how much product comes out with each rotation of the shaft, we are speeding up or slowing down the pump to get to a certain shaft speed. Correct. Right, because it's just math at that. point. It's just math at that point. If you need 15 gallon of the acre at five mile an hour, we need to turn the shaft X amount of times, speed yep. that pump up till we get there. Yep. So your min and max duty cycle, just just that, min and max duty cycle, not pump cow min, not nope. pump cow max. Min and max duty cycle, you're saying basically never spin the pump faster than this. Yep. Don't let me get into a danger zone by yep. you trying to chase that. That high if I'm if I over if I just take off and start running 10 mile an hour with the planner and it's not designed to do that, the pump's not set up for that, don't run the pump so fast that I blow the pump apart. Yeah. Or conversely. Nope. Don't let me get to a spot where my pump is on the low end running unstable. Installing out. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Basically, those are the two parameters that we're both. Those are safeguard PWM percentages that we're using to keep the pump in a healthy state without running the risk of blowing something apart or stalling the pump out. So I think the other thing that I wanted to make uh, mention of uh, is I've had a few phone calls where guys, the first time they, they try to run the manual test or just run the pump or even run the cal calibration, because the calibration for base is separate from HD. Right. Basically, what we're doing with base is we're spinning the pump a set amount of times, catching what comes out, and then doing the math, which the 2020 does, uh, to determine, okay, this is how much truly comes out with each rotation of the shaft. shaft. Is I've heard, well, the pump is putting out a ton of product. So if you had that happen, right, we start with a default liquid ratio, Right. But we're not sure. That's the point of the calibration, right? So what I would encourage you to do is is raise the liquid ratio. I think the default is 0.02. Take it to 0.1. And by saying, by raising that number, basically what you're saying is, hey, the pump is putting out way more than what you're actually getting than out. what I'd like it to. And so we're going to slow down, knowing that every rotation of the pump is putting out way more than what we initially had in when we had our default in. Right. That tends to take guys more to a reasonable output, output, so they can then run the calibration. They can actually catch that much product. Yes. Then. The yeah. problem is that you. The problem is not the pumps putting out so much. It's just like I don't have enough buckets to catch yeah. this. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. I don't want the mess on the shop floor. So two things there, Hans. Um, document nine five five seven zero six is the Gen three uh, liquid setup document. Mm -hmm. um, the Rate controller settings that we talked through previously are in there. Yes. Those go into depth on all of the other settings. Yep. Um, that's a really helpful tool. And then later on in that same document, it's pages 41 through 43, steps through the V-Apply base calibration. Um, so just want to make sure that everybody's aware of those and utilizing those, those tools. Are, yeah, very those useful. Are very useful piece. That, that base calibration, the same value that you have with the HD, that pump calibration procedure that we use with the HD, um, those two pages, three pages in this base module or in the base uh, manual is invaluable to be able to diagnose that system. If you have, and then just, I'm going to go way back and show my age here. Row flow liquid systems that are out there. 
VApply Base is essentially the same. Mind if you understood a Roflow liquidin system, VApply Base is running the same thing. Yeah, yeah, same principle principle on it. Yes, so. absolutely. Okay, um, Hans, I want to talk a little bit about iPad connectivity on Gen One and Gen Two. I got to tell you, this is probably the one of the most useful tips that I use yep. if I can't get connectivity between the iPad and the Gen 1 or Gen 2. So yep. uh, go ahead and take that away. And this was the one that we, uh, you can get running across it more times than not. And Nick actually, we use it for, for iPads. It also does work for USB sometimes as well. But um, if you're getting this scenario where you plug it in the iPad to the Gen 2, it doesn't connect. It just, nothing seems to be there. doesn't light up. Power down, unplug the iPad, power down the display. I like to unplug the display. Generally, you don't have to unplug it, but I like to unplug the display for 30 seconds. What's happened a lot of times is that the USB gets shut off um, because if you discharge static electricity, so you reach over, you touch the display, you're sitting in the seat, you've got a static charge on your body, you discharge it into the display, that goes straight to the USB port. And if we don't shut the USB port off, that can go through the display. So we shut down the USB port to protect the rest of the display and the rest of the system. That allows us to, to but then their only way to get that USB port back on again is to power it down, let it sit, either unplug it or let it sit, and then give it 30 seconds, and then it'll come back on again. With the iPad, what I like to do is power it down, unplug it, plug the iPad back in again so there's I'm not going to discharge static electricity again. With everything still off. With everything still off. With everything still off. If I plug it in, now I'm not going to blow it, shut down the, the USB port again, then power everything back on again, and everything should connect and start working again. Yeah, you think about how often we touch that screen with dirty, dry hands. Yes. It's easy to get a static charge. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So um, that's one of the things that, that works out. And then if you run into this issue several times, what I would tell you to do is when you come out in the morning with the iPad, if you've pulled it, taken it inside, charge it, and you're coming back out, just plug it in before you turn the display on. Plug the iPad Great into the point. display before you power it up because that allows it to you're not you're everything shut off you're not going to shut off the usb ports again but that allows you to actually get to it yeah that's a great point okay those are the big three things that we wanted to cover today yep. hans and so uh i think just a couple of reminders to pass along as we do see some maybe hopefully warmer temps coming later and this guy's moving now we're getting a little bit that looks like they're going eventually well, places are going to really start to take off and plant yep. and I, I don't want to uh, disregard anybody who is planting right now i just there's a there's a lot of the u.s that still is kind of waiting for that right day i did see someone planting on the way in this morning so okay so there right. is someone going this morning okay um just want to pass along to on the cloud um there are gen 2 and gen 3 quick reference guides those are basically showing you how the monitor operates or what different buttons and metrics mean in the monitor. Ah, man, I tell you what, I, I would be hard pressed to not have one of those too, just like a, a pump cow oh, document. Uh, if I have a grower running Delta force, I'd be hard pressed not to have a Delta force quick reference guide in every, every okay. planner. Yep. Um, same with V drive, same with right any product, but just a reminder, those are on the cloud and, and those are a very useful tool. Uh, and then also on the cloud, um, under the Gen 3 and Seed Sensor Gen 2 uh, product, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Product resources. resources. Yes. Whew. Haven't had enough coffee yet this morning. Not yet. Really We're um, there are also setup videos, uh, and those also have a link to YouTube where you can watch a number of different setup videos for Gen 3 and for Gen 2. So uh, those are very, very nice, too, in a pinch. If you've got somebody that's struggling to set something up, you know, that, that could be as simple as a video that you send in or share the link over yep. to. 
um, and let them kind of have something on their phone that they can step through and poke through the monitor. It's and a pause great thing to give the you about ten minutes to try and figure finish up your phone call to get to them. Yeah, <laughs> because by the time you get to them, they might have figured it out. That's true. That's true. So, so, so just calling out a couple of useful tools there yep. that I I just want everybody to be equipped with. Yep. Here. Very valuable tools as far as I'm concerned. Their quick reference guides are to me are yes the same thing. They're if it can save you, if it can save the operator 20 minutes of trying to figure out what's going on, Yeah, it's it's worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, with that, I think that's a good place for us to stop today. Hans, right. I want to thank you so much for being here again. I uh, look forward to talking to everybody again next week, seeing what uh, what develops this week, if we can get some more planners rolling. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully some good weather is on the way. But I until so. then, yeah, me too. Until then, I want to wish everybody a very safe and happy spring. Thanks for listening.